As a full-time Army National Guard two-star general, I frequently worked with United States senators and congressmen uh, to provide them information on military capabilities and needs. So as Illinois' adjutant general or, or commander, I'd get their calls when there was a flood or a tornado or a blizzard in their district and their constituents needed help. We worked hard to ensure that the National Guard's motto of always ready, always there, rang true, whether we were assisting in a local disaster or headed overseas to fight our nation's battles. We didn't care whether the call came from a Republican official or a Democratic official. The motto didn't change, nor did the effort. We served the citizens, and we responded to the calls of their elected representatives, whatever the party. When I'd fly out to Washington, D.C. to meet with the state's congressional delegation in the state's senior senator's office, I found each and every one of them to be friendly, receptive, and eager to ensure that the National Guard had the resources to meet our state's needs. The state's senior senator, Dick Durbin, who was the second uh, most powerful Democrat in the Senate, chaired the meeting. His Republican counterpart, uh, Mark Kirk, and most of the state's 20 congressmen would be present to pay close attention to my short prepared remarks, and then they'd proceed to pepper me with polite but piercing questions. Now, in those sessions, I, I never detected any personal animosities, no political posturing, no grandstanding. Not one of those political figures tried to one-up the other. I saw serious men and women intent on working for the common welfare of Illinoisans. And had you asked me at the end of any one of those briefings who was a Democrat and who was a Republican, I probably couldn't have told you. A couple of years later, I retired from the National Guard and stumbled into getting elected to Congress representing deep southern Illinois. As a friend of mine told me not long ago, the last Democrat to represent Southern Illinois. Now, when you first get elected to Congress and go out to Washington, D.C., there are all kinds of soirees that you get invited to. There are receptions at the Library of Congress, parties at the White House, dinners with party leaders, whose faces you see on television news every night. Pretty tall cotton for a boy who grew up walking the soybean fields of his tenant farmer grandfather in rural Illinois. One evening that first week in Washington, D.C., my wife and I had two invitations. One to dine with Nancy Pelosi, then House Minority Leader, and a few other newly elected Democratic congressmen. And the other to receive a private tour of Ford's Theater with a few other new congressmen. Ford's Theater, of course, the, is the site where Abraham Lincoln was assassinated and is today a museum. My wife and I discussed the merits of the two invitations. We couldn't do both as they were at the same time. We both love history. We decided that since we'd already had a dinner with Nancy Pelosi, we'd accept the other invitation. We didn't know, and had we known, likely wouldn't have cared, that since Lincoln was a Republican, the event would be attended 
almost exclusively by Republican congressmen. In fact, we turned out to be the only Democrats there. As a retired military officer, I was still in the habit of arriving early. I hadn't yet learned the Washington, D.C. style of strolling in fashionably late. So my wife and I were the first guests to arrive. The museum staff warmly greeted us, ushered us to the appetizer table and the bar. Eventually, the other invited guests began arriving. A dozen or so new congressmen and their spouses. I recognized most of them from the ongoing introductory briefings that all new representatives receive. As my wife and I stood there, awkwardly nibbling cheese and celery sticks, the other guests mingled together and warmly chatted. Not one word was spoken to us. Not one of the arrivals acknowledged us. We simply didn't exist. During the entire evening, which included a tour of the entire theater and viewing artifacts from that awful day in American history, we were ignored. Only as we walked back to our nearby apartment did my wife and I realize we were the only Democrats in attendance. We were amazed at the complete lack of civility on the part of the other guests. One of the folks most pointedly ignoring us that evening was a fellow House Agriculture Committee member from New York named Chris Collins. One of the insider jokes in Congress is that there are show horses and workhorses. That is, people who are there for show and people who are there for work. Mr. Collins, with his ambitions to run for higher political office, was pretty clearly a show horse. I'll save you the trouble of Googling him to tell you that karma eventually got him. A few years after the Ford Theater event, the show horse stumbled when he was indicted and pled guilty to insider stock trading and lying to the FBI. I sure am glad Mr. Collins snubbed me that night rather than give me any stock tips. As an Illinois boy from the land of Lincoln, I'd still go on that fourth theater tour, even if we were the unpopular kids. This is Bill Inyard with Reflections from the River. You can find our website at billenyart.com. That's B-I-L-L-E-N-Y-A-R-T.com. Or you can email me at bill at billenyart.com. Audio production today by Tom Calhoun. That's www.paguytom.com. Thanks for listening.